Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as yours, This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, friends. This week we're doing a What Would Leo Do? I'm going to give you advice on your situation and tell you how I would handle it. That's why it's called What Would Leo Do? I'm tell you what I do. I want to start this episode off strong, so we're going to talk about victim complex. Because the first person said, how do you handle people with a victim complex? So from my experience dealing with people that are trapped in a victim complex, them throwing away their power and people with a victim complex not seeing their responsibility or their control in a situation serves them. You don't have to know why. You just have to understand who you're dealing with and why they're acting the way that they're acting. So with someone who is trapped in a victim mentality, anytime you try and bring them to the awareness that they are in control or maybe they have contributed to the position that they're in, they're going to fight you on it. And they're going to defend their powerlessness because it serves them. Like I said, the person you're dealing with does not want to become aware of their part or what they can do to help themselves. They don't want to become aware of that at all. Everything you do is going to feel like an attack. And it's going to lead to a lot of fights and a lot of things being miscommunicated. But you're probably not communicating in a bad way. They just do not want to come face to face with the truth and the reality of... They're in control and they can help themselves and their situation, whatever's going on. And that's a big reason why my podcast hits with a lot of people and a lot of people love it because you're ready for that step of going into your power and fixing your situation. You realize the whole powerlessness don't work. You've realized everything people try and tell you about like, it's okay to feel like this and it's okay for your life to be bad. You can look for justification to stay stuck. You are your past that. You were so exhausted with that. I didn't do nothing. Didn't help you. So you're looking for your power. So you like my podcast. A lot of people don't like my podcast because they are in the victim mentality. They don't want to face the truth of their contribution to being where they're at because people can't really face the pain that they're in. Like, I'm not saying everything is in your control, but what you do with the situation you're in. You can stay blind to any control you do have and stay powerless because it serves you. It helps you feel better about the place that you're in or the quality of your life or the lack of quality. A lot of people don't want to take on the responsibility of changing their life. It's easier just to throw your hands up and just say, oh, there's nothing I can do because maybe they convince themselves there is nothing that they can do. So they're going to fight to defend that. They're going to fight to defend that they have no control and they have no power. So that's what I'm saying. Understanding where someone's at when they're stuck in this, it's for their own benefit as of right now. Whenever you talk to them, everything you say is going to fall on deaf ears. They're not looking for their power. They're looking for justification to continue living a life the way that they're living it or handling a situation how they're handling it. And the biggest example of this that I get canceled for all the time is people being overweight and wanting to change it. If you're overweight and you like it, enjoy it. If you don't have any desire to look different or to lose weight, 
That's totally fine. I'm not saying being overweight is bad. If that's what you want, go for it. Do it. I don't care. But the people who are overweight and want to lose weight, but sit over here and convince themselves, oh no, I can't lose weight. That is simply not true. And I literally used to be one of these people when I was overweight, I convinced myself it's not possible. I was like, I've tried everything to try and lose weight. And it sets you free from like having this desire and feeling the pain of not being able to achieve it. What I was doing at the time to try and achieve my desire of losing weight was not the way that was most efficient. The other thing people are gonna defend is any effort they have made wasn't for nothing. They don't wanna look at the fact that the truth is the like oh, the old ways I was trying to lose weight. I didn't wanna look at all of my effort being for nothing. I was so invested and I tried so hard in the certain ways that I thought would work and they didn't work. So it's easier just to convince yourself and slap the label over it. This is not possible. I cannot achieve this because you get to feel like, okay, I tried and you get to feel good and justified with accepting defeat. So that's another angle of why people will fight for their victim complex and fight for the reality that they've chosen to believe is real. Like it's kind of a delusion and feeling justified in that delusion and feeling good about accepting that is beneficial to them. But like the place you have to get to, to convince yourself something is not possible. There's so many reasons why people do it. There's so many reasons. But my whole point here is like the example with me trying to lose weight for so long, convincing myself of this delusion of like, it's not possible, I cannot do it, I am somehow defective, felt good because it saved me from all of the effort that I've already put in being for nothing and trying to convince myself and force myself to do even more and try even harder for something I felt like wasn't attainable. If I just convince myself I'm defective and it can't work for me, I don't have to worry about any of the headache or any of the crap in my brain of trying to force myself to go do this. If I convince myself it's pointless, I'm free from the pressure of forcing myself to do it and try more stuff. So it feels like relief to just accept it. Like, okay, no, I don't have to do it. All right, now, okay, we're fine. But the hard thing about this is desire never dies. You cannot get rid of a desire that you have. And just because I convinced myself I can't lose weight, it felt like relief for a little bit. It felt like relief from all the pressure I was under and all the things that I felt like I was gonna have to do and not feeling like everything I did was a waste. It was just a relief for a little while, but the desire never died. It just felt a little less strong for a while. And every time I thought that I wanted it, I had a counter in my brain of you can't have it. So let's adjust to life of accepting we can't have it. That only lasts for so long because I got to a point where the desire was very much still alive. And instead of further continuing to convince myself I can't have it or I can't achieve it, I was like, let's try some other ways. Like I know basic fucking science. I'm a nurse. I know everything about the human body to the level of schooling taught me. And I know how weight loss happens. It's a numbers game with calories. So. I literally just, my brain could not let me sit down and just accept defeat. And I was like, I have to explore more stuff. But my biggest point with that was, it wasn't until that desire kept burning through me and all my excuses and bullshit that I was like, you know what? Let's take a more empowered approach. So if you're dealing with someone who is so attached to the victim complex, it serves them for now. You're going to just have to let them be in it 
and let it burn their ass. So they get up and want to switch it. There's no real way to get through to someone who is convinced they have no power and no control. Because like I said, they're going to fight to defend it. Anytime you try and bring it up, they're going to fight you on it. You're trying to rip them out of their reality and their comfort and what they've found for them that feels better. So whenever you're fighting them, they're not fighting you that they're actually a victim. They're fighting for their comfort that they've found. They're fighting for their reality and they don't want you to disturb it because there's pain on the outside of their reality they've found that comforts them. So your best bet with someone is to stop trying to force them out of their reality and join them in it. Like flip to the other side, get fully in their perspective with them where you're not like across the table, like going at them. It's like you get on their side of the table and you sit next to them and you see the world through their lens. You feel what they're feeling and you see their perspective. How is this serving them? Because once you understand how it's serving them, you can find other ways to meet the needs that they have that they're meeting with their false sense of reality, if that makes sense. It's low-key, a manipulation tactic, people could say, but it's really not. It's getting fully into their perspective so you can help them break out of it. That's the only way to help someone who feels trapped in a certain reality. You have to get into it with them to help them get out of it. Like You have to get in to see the way out and then guide them to it, but... A lot of people don't have the time to deal with that shit. So I personally do not get around and spend time with people who have a victim mentality because that translates into so many other areas. Like it's very painful to see your control in a situation and to not be reactive and to not just like back down and fall down into a corner and let life kind of happen to you. Like it's a whole different ball game and it takes a whole different type of person to Grab life by the balls and make it what you want to make it. Regardless of what happens, you stay resilient and you stay persistent. That's a whole different type of person. That's a whole different type of like character they have and a whole different mindset. These are the type of people I like to surround myself with. So when someone pops up with a victim mentality, I try to stay away from them because I don't have the time to go into it with every single person. If you're someone very close to me, I will invest that into you and try and help you. But... People are not going to want to change until they want to change. It's serving them for now. So you have to let them sit in it and sit in that victim complex until it no longer serves them. You have to let that desire burn a hole through all of their excuses and all of their bullshit they're basically feeding themselves. It's a sad thing to watch when you care about somebody. That's what I'm saying. If you care about somebody, invest the time into going into their perspective and helping them through it. But if it's someone that you're just dealing with, Avoid the thing that they're avoiding responsibility of. Like, don't touch it. Don't hit that topic. If it's a coworker or it's someone you're forced to be around and you understand how they are, move around it. Understand how they are. You know how they're going to react. You know they're not going to see that they have any responsibility or any control in a situation. So you're basically going to have to treat them like a fucking baby and just work around them. Learn the person, figure them out, and stay away from trying to force them to see their responsibility and force them to see that they're not a victim. Stop trying to do that. It's serving them. So work around them. If it's a superficial relationship, but if it's someone that you care about, get into it with them. The whole experience of like going into their perspective and then helping them break out of it, it's gotta be a gentle thing and you have to comfort them along the way. It's very hard to just rip them out of it. If you're listening to my podcast, we're the type motherfuckers that life has just ripped us out of things. We don't get the comfort, but... 
This can be a gentle process or it can be a harsh one, but I'm just telling you, if you ever try and go up against someone with a victim complex, it's not going to go well. They're defending their reality they want to live in because the true reality and the truth of life feels worse for them than the life that they're living. So that's my advice for dealing with someone with a victim complex. Don't or fully do it. <laughs> All right. The next person said, how do I let the ones I love the most go? I feel like I need them, even though I'm being treated badly. I want to do a full podcast episode about how to let people go. But for your specific situation with feeling like you need the people who treat you poorly, look at exactly what you feel like you need them for. Is it a sense of comfort? Is it a sense of belonging? Are they paying for shit you can't afford? Are they giving you some sort of lifestyle or resource? What do you feel exactly like you need them for? Because to sit here and say, I feel like I need them, that's totally valid. But I want to challenge you to get very specific on what it is you feel like you need them for. Make a literal list of all the things you feel like you need from these people. And then you're going to go through this list and look at all the needs that you have and you feel like you can only get from them. Ask yourself, can you give any of those things to yourself? Or can someone else give you these things? Because when love gets involved, all logic and reason go out the window. So you might be convincing yourself that these are the only people who can give you what you feel like you need. You have to really ask yourself that. Are they the only people able to give me this or can other people give it to me? But my main focus with this list is what are these things you need them for? Can you do these things for yourself? That's always going to be your number one, because if you find out there's 10 things on your list and you can give seven of them to yourself, start giving them to yourself. And then you know exactly what to ask other people for or what to seek out. You know, those three exact other things that you need that you can directly go for and ask people for. But my whole point with the process of finding out exactly what you need and then start meeting it for yourself or with someone else, I'm not talking about a relationship. Don't step out. This situation sounded like a family ordeal. So that's why I'm kind of hitting that. I'm not saying go step out on your partner and go cheat. But by you starting to meet these needs for yourself and get the things that you feel like you get out of them for yourself or with other people, you're gradually going to outgrow these people who are treating you bad because you're gonna start seeing all the needs you meet for yourself. They're met in other areas. You don't have to go to these people for them anymore. If you're sticking around and tolerating bad treatment because of certain needs being met, I fully get it, but my shift here is to help you see other ways of getting it met for yourself so you don't have to suffer for it because that's where things can go bad and you'll turn against yourself and you'll turn the knife at you and you'll try and like cut these needs out of yourself because you're going to look at it like I need these things. So I have to be around these people, which is causing me pain. When you don't feel control over a situation, you're going to blame yourself subconsciously eventually. So that's what I'm saying. Get a hold of this quick. Do not just put up with being treated bad because you can't get these needs anywhere else. But I will say like you have to be realistic. A lot of these little spiritual people and everybody likes to promote all this crap and it sounds nice and pretty on paper, but you try to apply it and it's like, no, babe, <laughs> if you actually need these certain people for certain things that you actually can't get from someone else or you can't get them for a while, like if you're talking about closeness with somebody that takes time, if your only sense of closeness is with the people who are treating you bad, still make that list and get every need that you can meet elsewhere met elsewhere. And you can go to these people who are treating you bad 
for the time being to continue with these last one or two needs that you actually can't get somewhere else because it means you're going to be around them less. You're going to be less invested and you're going to slowly outgrow them. Like I said, you're no longer going to need them for so much. Distance will grow. And typically when people treat you bad, it's because they're comfortable with your presence. So as you start to retract and draw back and need them less, they might become a little bit more appreciative of your time and company and treat you better because you're around them less, if that makes sense. But you specifically said, these are the people that you love the most. This is going to be hard as hell. I just have to be really honest with you. Like it's going to be very hard, but this love you have for these people, you can't let it control you forever. And you're not going to feel such a strong sense of love toward them forever. I just want you to know that the way you're feeling right now and the way you feel about them right now is not going to be like that forever. They're not always going to be the person or the people that you love the most. So much is going to change just by you making that list and becoming aware of it. And as soon as you line up with someone who loves you without hurting you and treating you bad and meets needs for you without you experiencing the pain, your love for this new person is going to trump all the old people. You might have the sense of familiarity and the longevity and like the time and experience with the people who hurt you, but you're going to feel a lot closer and more cared about and love the new person more once you line up with them. It's just a matter of time. But with that, you have to be a little careful because if you're used to loving someone and getting needs met and associating that with pain and being treated poorly, when someone new pops in that actually meets your needs without hurting you or treating you bad, they treat you nice, you're not going to know what the hell to do with it. So brace for it, prepare for it, because as you prepare for it, you make space for it vibrationally. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit of the law of attraction to help you attract this person. When you prepare for it, you're making space for it. And now this person has a place to come into your life. Take all of this focus out of the people you love so much and put a little bit of it into understanding yourself, what you need, what you want, how you want to feel, and how to go about getting that. And then watch what unfolds. Because <laughs> letting them go is going to be 10 times easier. Because if you just go from loving these people the most and your needs only being met here to just cutting them off, you're going to have no people you love, none of your needs being met, and it's going to be 10 times more painful. So I'm talking about like a smooth transition if you want to go for it. But if you really up for a challenge, drop everybody. <laughs> that one's just going to feel even more like hell. You're going to feel like you've been set on fire emotionally, but you'll get through it. It's just a matter of like, how high do you want to turn up the heat? Like how, how bad do you want to make it before it gets good? <laughs> okay, the next person said, I only seem to attract narcissists. What's your advice? <laughs> so I used to be in that same boat with you, paddling along, hating life. But the biggest thing you got to understand about narcissists is how you're a match to them. Narcissists are matches to codependents. Codependents basically have no sense of self. They'll do anything to appease and caretake and put their whole life and base their whole life around someone. Who's that a perfect match for? A narcissist. Codependents and people who are a match to narcissists act like they have no needs of their own. They act like they have no thoughts, beliefs, preferences, wants, needs, desires, because they don't want to feel like a bother. So you not wanting to feel like a bother, not voicing anything that you feel or anything that you have or are as a person allows you to mold to anyone you meet. 
You're going to mold exactly to a narcissist. They need someone like you. They need someone to fully cater to them, only worry about them, and mold to their entire life. They don't give a shit about yours. They're not going to take you into consideration. But you're a match because you act like you have nothing to take into consideration. You just sit back and suppress everything in you so that you can get acceptance and approval from this narcissist or this person. But that doesn't mean you don't have needs. You're a whole person. You have your whole life, you have all your preferences, boundaries, needs, wants, desires, like you have all of it. And you're the only one left to make sure any of that gets met because you're not communicating it. That's where your resentment is gonna come from. You're alone to do everything for yourself and be there for you and also be wrapped up in this entire person's life. You're a match to it for a reason. You're not gonna be a match to a narcissist as soon as you verbalize that you have preferences or needs or wants, as soon as you voice an opinion, a narcissist is going to run away. They're not going to have space for another human being. They have people who are moldable and adaptable to their life. You're not going to be able to be a match to a narcissist as soon as you have a sense of self. So that's my biggest advice if you're always a match to a narcissist because I was dealing with the same crap for so long. Have a sense of self. Learn yourself, learn your preferences, learn your needs, learn your wants, and express that. Be open about that. Any normal person is not going to be excited by the fact that you adapt to them and you have nothing you need from them. People like to feel of use. Normal people, healthy people want to be aware of your boundaries and wants and preferences and needs so they can help you meet them. Nobody wants someone to just walk in and act like they fully can take care of themselves but a narcissist. A narcissist is going to love that. A narcissist is going to love when you shut the fuck up and don't have nothing about you. It's all about them. So that's kind of a way to discern between a narcissist versus not a narcissist. Um, communicate <laughs> that you have feelings and thoughts and emotions and needs and see the reaction. People who care about that and want to caretake that and help you with that are normal ass people who are gonna lead to a more healthy situation. If somebody's just happy that you have nothing about yourself and they don't seem interested or curious, what are your needs and wants? What do you think? What do you like? If they don't take any interest in that or even question or even have curiosity, that's a narcissist, babe. Red flag. <laughs> All right, the next person said, how do I get fit on a budget? I feel like everything is so expensive, pre-workout, protein, gym attire, shoes, everything is overwhelming and I need to know how to get fit on a budget. I'm going to make this real easy, real simple for you. You do not need anything more than a gym membership and you can get cheap ones. Like there's some that are like $15 a month, some that are $30 a month. All you need is clothes to wear to the gym. You don't have to get fancy workout clothes. I work out in a tank top and cheap $40 sweatpants. Like this is my uniform for the gym. And I just put like a different shoe. I accessorize with the shoe. But you don't need to look a certain way. You don't have to have clothes that are perfect. And like they don't have to be gym attire. I'd be going to the gym in hoodies and sweatsuits and random crap. It's like everything can be used wherever you need to wear it. Get what's comfortable. But you don't need to have gym attire and gym bags. And this is just me hitting the gym attire part. We're going to get into the supplements and all that in a second. But you don't even need to have the fancy water bottle. Go get a damn bottle of water. Just a normal one. And just take it to the gym. You don't actually need anything to go work out. At all. 
A lot of brands and a lot of influencers and social media, everyone makes it seem like you need all these things to go to the gym or to live this fit lifestyle. Girl, you don't need none of it. That's all a lot of marketing schemes to sell you on this idea of how going to the gym should look. You should see the things I used to show up in at the gym. I didn't give a shit. I still don't. Like I literally have a uniform because it works, it's easy. But you don't have to look like everybody else in the gym. You don't have to go buy all the expensive clothes, the Lululemon, the aloe, all that crap. You don't need it. It's nice to have it, it's fun. It's a little perk. You can use it to reward yourself once you've gone for a month, two months. Buy yourself new shit at every milestone or every amount of time you go. Buy a new piece of clothing, buy a little gym bag, buy a nice water bottle. Use that to kind of reward yourself as you go. Don't look at it like, okay, Going to the gym has to be this giant monetary investment of buying all this crap. Now we're gonna get into supplements and all the shit that people try and sell you on. You don't need protein powder. You don't need pre-workout. You literally do not need BCAAs, creatine. You don't need none of this shit. It's all like a little cherry on top. The whole cake's already there. You don't need any of it. If you have a cup of coffee, you can go to the gym. That's what I used for pre-workout for like years before I actually started pre-workout. You don't need to have it. It's an energy booster, it feels better. There are certain ingredients in pre-workouts, some pre-workouts that give you a better pump and help with being hydrated and getting a better pump. Um, Gatorade powder is good for sodium hydration, all that. You don't need to go buy full Gatorades. Buy the big tub of Gatorade powder and just scoop it in there if you want some hydration. You don't have to go buy all this fancy stuff. Get your little coffee, get your little banana, done. But if you are gonna buy one thing, I would suggest protein. I'm not gonna give you a specific brand because they all piss me off and a lot of them are so corrupt behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> And a lot of them taste like chalk, okay? If you're gonna focus on getting one thing, get a protein powder and just start with that. You don't have to have all the theatrics of all the other shit because if you really look at it, like back in the old days, did they have any of this shit? No. So don't stress too much about it. You don't need any of these things to go to the gym and have a good workout and to see major results. You're gonna be just fine without all this stuff. It is fun, is it a little accessory? It's like added it's nice like when you have a pre-workout that has beta alanine in it it's like the itchy feeling you get like that's fun for some people i like a little bit i like to do the half scoop i don't like to feel like there's ants all over me but all these ingredients all these supplements all this crap that people try and sell you on you do not need it you can go get great results and have great workouts without all of it and there's a lot of ways to shortcut it and cheat it like how i just kind of talked about research it look it up but you do not need to have all this stuff just to go to the gym. Trust. Okay, this next situation got my adrenaline going. <laughs> so this girl said, my new boyfriend is friends with his old friends with benefits. He tells me not to worry because they're strictly friends now. They hang out and she likes calling him. Am I allowed to set boundaries around this? Is that okay? Or should I just deal with it? I really feel so bad that you're even asking, like, should I just have to deal with it? Oh, no, babe, not at all. <laughs> this is absolutely okay to set boundaries around. And you have to first see if you're the type person who would be okay with this at all. Because all setting boundaries is gonna do is make you feel safe and more comfortable with this dynamic going on. So first things first is see if you actually are even okay with this. I personally am fucking 
not. And I recently, <laughs> oh, this made me mad. I recently started talking to somebody and that's a conversation that we had. Are you friends with any of your exes? Are you friends with anyone that you used to like play with sexually? You know what I mean? Are any of these people still in your life? And if so, we got some cutting to do. <laughs> I don't ask for anything I can't offer. I do not stay friends with people who have had access to me sexually because I don't want to go into a relationship and go be with someone and then have that worry, have that any of it. I'm too busy for this little headache and this bullshit. But I'm someone who is 100% not okay with it. If someone has had access to you sexually, I don't want y'all being friends. I don't want y'all being day to day. It's not a trust thing. It's like, I'm just not cool with it. I'm never going to feel comfortable. I'm never going to feel safe. I'm never going to feel encouraging and supportive of you spending time with this person. A lot of people can call it insecure. Call it what the fuck you want. I don't care. I personally don't like it. But this ain't about me. This is about you. You got to decide if you are the type of person who can be okay with that. Are you someone that could be comfortable with it or is it an absolute fuck no for you because that's okay if it is it's totally okay if that is a non-negotiable but if you are someone that you feel like you could be comfortable with it there are plenty of boundaries you can set up around it you can ask to see and be aware of any communication had you can ask to hang out with them together and observe the dynamic for yourself you can ask for them only to hang out when you're there there's plenty of things you can ask but he can also say no he can also tell you to kick rocks and eat shit. That's my friend and I'm going to see her and spend time with her. You have to assess in yourself, are you okay with that? When you set a boundary like this and want to do things to make yourself comfortable with the friend that your boyfriend has that he used to fuck, when you set things up for that, they might get batted down. He might shoot them down and be like, nope. But these things should not be an attempt to control him and control the relationship that they have. If you feel the need to control it and always be there, that is a sign you might not ever be okay with it. If you're going to set up a boundary with him around this girl that he's hanging out with, it should just be to make you feel more at ease and comfortable and safe. It's going to look different for everybody. It's not going to look like nothing for me. It ain't happening. <laughs> but I really want to give you the reassurance and the peace of mind that it is okay for that to be a non-negotiable. All right, the next person said, how do I stop fearing losing my routine because of someone? I'm assuming this is about a relationship and being worried that you're going to lose your routine and what you need to do because of them. Or you might be talking about losing the routine of talking to someone and being with someone consistently. So I'm going to hit both of these just in case. So if you're worried about your routine being interrupted, you got to kind of take inventory of your routine and see what is a non-negotiable for your routine. Like for me, going to the gym in the morning, don't talk to me. I'm not good for nothing and I'm not being nice to nobody if I don't go to the gym in the morning. <laughs> That's where I get my day started. I get the endorphin release. I feel good. I get all my little demons out. I'll be going at it with all of them in the gym. I get it out. I start off the day like for me, I like it. I feel refreshed. I feel good. I don't have to worry about it. It's like done for the day. And then I work after the gym. And those are my two non-negotiable periods. After my work day, some days I don't have much to do. So I can hang out during the day. But most of my days are gym, work, and then I'm off. Like I have a lot of things I do at night. I never stop working, but 
my nighttime past like 5 p.m. is flexible and I can do what I want. So if you have a routine that you're used to, it's gonna make you safe to care about when you meet someone or try and incorporate someone into your life because they're gonna see you stick to it and know and get the peace of mind that you do and make sure you get everything done that you need to do for you, for your life, for your goals, for your work, whatever it is. You're gonna become a very safe person to care about. So bend in your routine where you can and where you want to, but stick to your routine. And having a routine that you stick to and people knowing they can't access you at like these certain times and you're stuck in it and you're like working on your own shit gives them a chance to miss you. And that is huge. That is huge for relationships, friendships, any of it really. Like time where people can't access you, ah, like it's the best thing. Like getting the chance to miss someone is great. It's so much fun. Do not let the excitement of someone ruin your routine. You're gonna want to see them. You're gonna want to bend your routine. Do it here and there where you can. Do not fuck up your own goals and what you're working on because of the excitement of someone new. Enjoy that excitement. And I'm speaking to myself kind of in this, like enjoy the feeling of wanting to see somebody. Enjoy having that. Enjoy missing them. Because every time you see them or you're with them, it keeps that little flame alive that you feel, the excitement and all of it. It's like you have your own life taken care of and good. So when you spend time with them, you're not thinking about everything you didn't do or how you ruined your routine or you didn't get to the certain things that you needed to do. You just get to go be with them and have fun because you did all your shit. See? But now I want to talk about losing the routine of talking to someone or spending time with somebody. This is going to be like a tricky road to navigate, but when you have someone in your life consistently or you do things consistently, you do get into a routine. So always kind of make a fallback plan. And I'm not saying like always, but plan for it. Like if you're going to make plans with somebody that you're in a routine with, Always have something else you're planning to do if they say no. Like tonight, I wanted to go see the boy I'm talking to so fucking bad, but I know I needed to do this podcast. I could have pushed this off and done it tomorrow and that would have been totally fine. I knew I needed to do it tonight, but I could have done it tomorrow and not ruined my routine. Like I had an extra slot to do it. So I was like, I want to see you. And he's extremely busy too. So I asked him what his plans were for tonight because I want to be over there. <laughs> but he's very, very busy and he has a lot of things he has to get done by tomorrow morning for work. So he's fully busy tonight. And before I even text him to ask what he was doing to talk about hanging out, I already said in my mind, if he's busy, I'm doing my podcast tonight. So I didn't fall victim to the whole, oh my God, like my routine of seeing him is broken. It's like, and I'm the one over here, like sad and fucked up over it. Like, no girl, if you, you can't hang out, I have another plan. I'm going to go do my podcast. So preparing for the routine to go either way and making sure you're good regardless is important. And you don't want to have like all your eggs in one basket with the plan of like, this is how it's going to go. And then the other person's busy or they cancel or whatever it is. And you don't have something else you can do because you're going to be all upset and not be thinking logically. So know that you have things to do and set that up for yourself if the routine plans fall through. So you're never feeling like you're left around waiting for someone or your life is dependent on them because here I am making the podcast. I don't have to do it tomorrow. 
Now I got it done tonight. But just having that plan for myself made me not like, ah, fuck, I can't see him. Like, I'm just like, damn, like, I want to be over there. Like, I want to see you right now, bitch. But I'm not like freaking out over it. My night's not ruined. I'm still using my time efficiently because I don't see you tomorrow night. And now I don't have to do this tomorrow night. <laughs> but I think you get my point. Like, if you're scared of losing the routine with someone, start stacking your routine with them and what you typically do. Start brainstorming ideas of what you'd be doing instead of these things. Like, especially if you're dating and you feel like you're about to end it and you're used to living with someone a certain way, start just like before it even ends. Don't plan for it to end. I'm just saying, what else would I be doing right now if we weren't doing this? So if the routine does break or does end, you don't feel so blindsided and so hopeless and so scared and like trying to figure it out. Like you've already kind of thought it through. So that's my advice with both sides of the situation. Okay, this next one, <laughs> someone said, is it mind games when someone says they don't want a relationship, but they treat you like a girlfriend? So there's a couple of things I want to check before I roast his ass, okay? I'm always going to have your back, but I'm going to call you out when I need to. You asked, is it mind games? I want to say no. You might just be reading things wrong. So let me, let me, let me break it down first. Don't freak out. Don't get mad yet. If someone says, I don't want a relationship and then they do things that are congruent with what it's like to be in a relationship, you have to accept those things. You have to tolerate them and allow them to go on. If someone says they don't want a relationship, that means they don't get access to the version of you and how you are in relationships. So if they're doing these couple of things, even though they said they don't want a relationship and you are falling into the pattern of like how you are in relationships, nix that shit. You don't give them relationship you if they don't want a relationship. So if they start being a little too friendly, a little too flirty, a little too thoughtful, and they start doing things that are like signifiers of relationships or do things that relationship people do. Do things that people are in a relationship do. <laughs> you can politely say, no, hey, we're not going to do this. Let's not act like this. Like you're allowed to set up boundaries with like what they're allowed to do. If you say you don't want a relationship, you don't get to act like we're in one if it makes me uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Like you're allowed to say no to certain things and kind of shut shit down, but also... If someone says to you, I don't want to be in a relationship, but you're still entertaining them and spending time with them, if what you want is a relationship, you're going to be falsely assessing and reading things and taking them a different way than they're being intended. If you're hoping for a relationship, but they laid down the law and said, I don't want one, do not look at anything they're doing as relationship or as wanting more or as pursuing it further. Until they communicate they've had a change in heart and they want to pursue that, don't take shit they're doing serious. Do not read into anything because like your hopeful little heart might be doing it. You're going to do it. Like you're going to hope for more. You're going to hope it goes there and they want a relationship if that is what you want. So just protect yourself mentally and kind of set that up that you're not going to overthink things or misread things. Like if they say it's not a relationship, don't look at anything they're doing as a relationship or as like having feelings or taking it further. It's not until communicated otherwise by them. Let me clarify. All right. The last person said, say something to me to give me motivation to start exercising again after a few bad weeks. So if you've fallen off the wagon, 
and you fucked up for a couple weeks. The only thing you can do from this standpoint you're in right now is continue fucking up and continue having bad weeks or switch it and get back on track. There's no point in sitting here and beating yourself up for everything that's just happened. You have a choice right now. You're at a crossroads. You can continue down the road you're on or you can switch it and get back on track and in the direction you want to go. The thing that's going to give you motivation is looking at how much you just fucked up. <laughs> I know this sounds bad and a little backwards, but you need to face the reality of how bad you just fell off. Look at the consequences for you falling off. Look how far veered off on the path you got. It might not be as bad as you thought, or it might be worse than you thought. That's the motivation that's going to kick your ass back on the right track. Facing the reality, not beating yourself up, but looking at the sheer consequences and the place you are currently in. Look at your body, look at how you feel, look at how you've been eating, look at everything for what it is. Weigh yourself, look in the mirror, face the reality. And that is going to be all the motivation you need. You're not facing the reality and looking in the mirror to criticize yourself and beat yourself up. It is to look at where you've landed because of how you've been living. And you get to decide, do I want to keep going down this road or do I not? You're not there to beat yourself up. Like I said, I have to do this all the time with myself. I only fall off for like a day or two at a time. <laughs> so it doesn't really work that well. But like if you've had a few weeks where you've fallen off, really face it. Look at where you are. See how much you don't like it. And don't criticize yourself. Don't beat yourself up. It's not a time for attack. This is time for you to just face the reality of where you're at and get that little kick in the ass of motivation because you can sit here and try and force yourself to find motivational things, find inspiring things. But the real motivation you need is facing the reality of where you are at. <laughs> oh my God. That's the kick in the ass you always need. Like that that's what does it for me. That's motivation that don't go away. It's like, like you can convince yourself it's not as bad as you think and wear certain clothes so you feel better or like convince yourself you like haven't done that bad and you don't look that bad. But when you really just look at it, it's like, damn, <laughs> stop comforting yourself about where you're at. If you don't like it, make it uncomfortable, face the reality. And you're going to have no other like feeling state besides I want to make this better. And that's the one that'll kind of stick with you. It's going to suck. It's going to be bad, but just get back on track. That's all you can do. Don't freak out on yourself. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't punish yourself. And this is not punishment. This is just you changing. Okay. Because I realized this is not how I want to go. Going down this road leads me to a path. I don't want to go. I'm going to switch to a new one and act how I need to and do what I need to. So I can look better, feel better, do better. <laughs> And that is all I've got for this episode of What Would Leo Do? If you want to be featured in the next episode, I will leave the link in the description for you can go type your situation. It's all anonymous. I don't know who writes what. So don't stress about that. Don't worry. I'll never say your name on here. It's between us. Okay. If you want to put your name, put your name. I don't give a shit. But I'll use code names. I will also link all of my social media in the description if you want to keep up with me and follow me. Add me on Snapchat. I've been hooting and hollering on there because that's my most unfiltered app. Like, I don't have to watch my mouth that much. I have to watch some things. <laughs> and I will also leave the link to my merch and all of my worksheets and templates. I keep forgetting to mention those, but you guys have been loving them. People still buy them all the time. So my templates for discipline and motivation, like for diet plan, meal plan, all that, go check them out. They're what I use to keep myself on track because a lot of people ask me about that. So especially the last girl who wants to get back on track, go get them and trust me, fill them out. You, you'll be right on track. Like I had to reprint my diet plan today. I was like, whew. 
But if you enjoyed this episode and you're watching it on YouTube, leave this video a thumbs up. If you're new, subscribe. What are you waiting on? And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, go leave me a five stars rating. That's how you could say thank you. And I say thank you by making more episodes. <laughs> and on that note, everybody, be safe, take care of yourself, and I will talk to you guys next Sunday. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.